0: Hello guys, gals, and everyone in between, and welcome back to Write First, Think Later. I hope you all are doing wonderful on this lovely Sunday. Uh, I'm doing fine. (laughs) Still some spiraling. Totally okay. I watched 2009's The Picture of Dorian Gray specifically for the vibes and to um, just want all of the clothes that Dorian wears. And I did that, and I feel... Better and inspired to wear puffy sleeves and really tight tailored vests and to maybe commit some homicide. So we'll see if I do that part of the vibes. But once again, welcome, super excited to bring you the last installment in our point of view series. I didn't think it would be over this soon. I think there's maybe one to two episodes left for us to hit the typical season, quote, unquote. But I feel like this is a natural stopping point there is not much else I can really think of that would go into POV and the texts I use as kind of inspiration and to draw notes from also do not have much else past this part on point of view so maybe once we cover all of the basics like I said we were going to then we will go back and cover some more stuff about point of view but for right now this is the end we'll be closing the book As always, I'm going to take a little break in between uh, and I'll hopefully be coming at you with some spooky stuff in the interim and a little bit different than the typical. But without further ado, let's dive in and wrap up point of view, shall we? The final topic in our point of view series is going to be how to choose the right point of view as always there are a lot of options and a lot of them might seem really great but how do you find the one that's going to be best for your story? Hopefully I will give you a couple of actionable things that you can do. Some questions you can ask yourself to help you figure out which point of view is actually going to be best for your story and which one you might like writing the most. So no pressure but this will affect everything in your story. Literally everything will be altered or changed by this. The plot is going to be changed depending on who or where the point of view is coming from. The characters and how they are perceived and how they interact with each other is going to be different depending on the point of view. Everything revolves around the story. Literally everything. Setting, how it is interpreted, themes, all of it is going to hinge on point of view. So no pressure. <laughs> no, yeah, there's no way to no easy way to say that this is super, super massive important. This is crazy important. So it will take some time. It might take some thinking. It might also just be automatic. Again, if one feels right, then perhaps it is right. Uh, But there are some basic questions you can ask yourself if you are struggling or if you are sitting down and completely charting this out before you write it and really wanting to make sure you are actually picking the right point of view before you start writing. That being said, you can start writing and then figure out that this is not quite the right point of view. That sometimes happens. That is okay. We will get to that later. But this is for those of you who are wanting to sit down and really dive into figuring out which one is going to make the most sense for your story. If you have one already that is making sense for your story, it just popped up and you said this is fine, then do that. But these are going to be three questions you can ask yourself that will start at the root of your story and then let you kind of build out to find the best point of view for you. Get it? Got it? Good. All right, let's start with the first one. Whose story is it? who does this story belong to? Another version of this question, who has the most at stake in this story? If it belongs to a specific person, the one who has the most at stake, or who it kind of revolves around, then it could be single person, it could be third person. If it belongs to multiple people, the stakes are high for a lot of different characters, then it can be multiple vision, singular, or plural. That's not the right terminology, but you get what I mean. <laughs> so again, this is going to vary depending on the story and just the general style that you prefer to write in. If you think it belongs to this one specific character, but you are wanting to jump around a little bit and not stay as rooted to this character throughout the story, then you might want to look at a uh, third person singular. That's again, not the right one. I have the notes here and I'm just not looking at them. It's fine. Single vision, single vision. Uh, but if you are wanting to maybe focus on a group of characters and how they are interacting, maybe they all have similarly high stakes, then you might want to do a third person multiple or a third person single vision. It can vary and it can depend. Example, let's just stick with third person because we're going to go back to the good old, good old faithfuls, Harry Potter and the Grisha verse. Let's get it popping. Uh, so if we go with Harry Potter, we are looking at mostly a third person singular there are some moments where it's multiple but it is mostly singular because a story revolves around Harry Harry has the most at stake everything happens to Harry or because of Harry in a similar vein we have Shadow and Bone Alina Starkov is the main character everything happens to Alina everything revolves around Alina and Alina has the most at stake so Alina is our narrator Alina is our first-person single-vision narrator. So we get everything from Alina. She, no. I, me, this is what I did. We did this, blah, blah, blah. Harry gets, he did this. He ran. He saw this. So we're getting those two different um, type of stories with similar vibes. Now, you do not have to have a like the whole entire story revolve around whether or not this character can master their powers and whether or not they can overcome the people trying to kill them to be like a single vision it, it doesn't have to be that it can be mundane it does not have to be that serious those are two very very serious examples they don't have to be that serious it could be a normal character trying to make a grilled cheese it can be you know collection of five characters just really trying to pass this math test and studying for it you can focus on one person that's chill in six of crows and king of scars the stakes are high for multiple people for multiple different reasons. You can argue for King of Scars, the stakes are highest for Nikolai. They are pretty high for Nikolai. I will, I will hand that to you. Um, they're also pretty high for Nina. They're very high for Zoya. They're very, very high for Nikolai. Oh, and Isaac. Stakes are super high for Isaac, right? But we get multiple vision. We get a third person multiple. So we're seeing all of these different stakes because really the story revolves around all of these different stories and we need to be able to see all of these how this is all going so we get that third person multiple six of crows Crooked kingdom the stakes are as high for all of the crows as they are for the other does that make sense so the stakes for nina are as high as they are for kaz they are as high as they are for Inej and jesper and wyland like they're all and matthias how did i forget Matthias? the stakes are all super high for every single one of the crows and so we need that third person multiple so we are able to get into their head and see what is going on and see how their specific story is playing out especially in relation to how all the other stories are playing out very important very vital so it would be limiting for king of scars to only be from nikolai's perspective because we have no idea then what would be going on in ravka and in osalta Uh, It would be limiting as well for it to all be from Isaac's perspective. Because then we have no idea what's going on in the fold. Six of Crows needs to be from multiple people's perspectives. Mostly because, like, we... I I love Kaz, but I don't want to be stuck in his head the whole time. Uh, I love Inej, but that leaves us out of Kaz's brain. Which we really need to get into. Uh, I also love Miss Nina Zenik. But she's too busy, like... Oggling Matthias and Matthias is too busy trying to pretend like he doesn't like Nina like it's too it's too much it's too 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 much so we have to be able to see all of them does it make sense get it got it good <laughs> so back to the whole thing whose story is it if the stakes are high and the story revolves around this one person then it will be a singular vision most likely If the stakes are really high for a bunch of different people, and the story revolves around and needs all of their stories in one and to be shown, then it's going to be multiple vision. Number two, what's most interesting to you about the story? What to you is the most interesting part? What are you excited to explore in this story? Are you more interested in the struggles of a single character? Are you more interested in seeing how Alina handles her new powers and learns how to summon the sun and how she navigates the little palace, tries to figure out what's going on with Mal, what's going on with the Darkling? Or are you more interested in how Nikolai is trying to fend off the demon and how Zoya is recovering from losing her amplifier and how Isaac is kind of taking on this giant masquerade and how Nina is taking on a similar masquerade? What are you more wanting to explore? If you're wanting to explore the struggles of a specific group or the struggles of a specific person, that will lead you more into this specific area. If you're working on a series, that does not limit you. Just because you're working on a series doesn't mean that you have to pick one point of view and keep it the entire way. Should you? Most likely. Do you have to? Probably not. So... You can start off with like a third person or a first person singular and then go into a first person or a third person multiple. You have to do it with reason. There has to be a point and a purpose to it, but you can do it. You need to write what you're wanting to see. You need to write what you are wanting to explore. Because if you are no longer wanting to explore something in the story or no longer able to focus on what you really love in that story, it will feel dead and it will feel dry to you. You might not want to write it It might also come off to the writer, the reader as just like this person is not interested in this. Therefore, why should I be interested in it? So find what you are most interested in exploring. If you're wanting to explore the relationship between two characters from both of their points of view, great. If you are wanting to explore the relationship from one point of view, great. If you are wanting to explore the relationship from three to five people on the periphery, awesome. Find what you're wanting and start there. The third and final question, what kind of stories do you like to read? Do you like to read things that are completely in first person? Do you like to read second person stories? Do you like to read third person multiple? If you could lock yourself in a room, be trapped on an island, be somewhere where no one would bother you, and the only thing you had to do was read. You could read as much as you want, and you could read all the books that you want. What would you read? This is a great question to ask yourself in general when it comes to writing. If you had time to do nothing but read, what type of book would you read? Write that one. What would that book be? Would it be first person? Second? Third? Single? Multiple? Would it be objective? Would it be close? Would it be omnipotent? think about what type of book you like to read what type of point of view you want to read and enjoy reading and gravitate towards and try that one if your answer to all of those is I don't really care (laughs) cool go back to the others or just write whatever feels natural at this point I personally do not really care when I think about it I think I do enjoy a first person multiple I do also love third person multiple I love first person singular love third person singular. I like it all. I want to read it all. I don't really care. So that doesn't help me too much. What helps me is that intuition with what is going to be best for the story and the thing I'm trying to weave. In one story I have, it is very important that we do not get the entire thoughts and inner dialogue of our main character. We need to be left in the dark on some things. We can't know the entire backstory. And so a third person with some alternating distance emotionally is going to be the ideal. In another story, I want everyone to be kind of enveloped in the thoughts and the narration of this specific character. We do need to see what is going on in her head. There's a lot going on there. There's two where we really need to see what's going on in this character's head. Uh, Their names are Alma and their names are... Cora and I love them. They're separate stories, but we need to be able to see what's going on in their heads. So they are first person. The other one, Iris, she has to be third person. We also have to jump around a teensy bit and see what the other characters are kind of experiencing and going through, but it needs to kind of flow together. And so the best way to do that is going to be third person multiple, but it kind of flows in and out. Third person, like um, omnipotent, whatever. Uh, but basically, what do you like to read? And if you like to read everything what works best is kind of that third section so 3a and 3b 3a is what kind of stories do you like to read if that does not help 3b is what feels right just what when you think about the story and the character and you think about the narration what kind of comes to your mind if it doesn't quite line up with the other two maybe do some thinking do some like talking to yourself maybe I was doing that Um, Not this weekend, last weekend. I was plotting out stuff on my computer, and I was just like chatting away at myself, just talking, talking, talking for like an hour. About nothing. Uh, okay, so this first up is going to be this and the first down is gonna be this! But then there's this and then there's this and then there's this but this should be colored green this should be colored red because green is good and red is bad and then I know what the climax is. The climax is this. And then okay I need to find the timeline uh, because I'm writing about jack the ripper so I have to go find the timeline. Okay, there's a timeline. Okay, there's the letters. I have to write out when the letters were. When were they delivered? Okay so if they got here on this day and then they got here on this day then they got to it on this day and then he told her about this on this day. Oh and then this one had a kidney, served in some wine hmm. well BuzzFeed Unsolved had that in a box but likely it wouldn't be in a box so let me just draw a kidney in a jar of wine I did that for a whole hour and it was great so if you're struggling talk to yourself a little bit don't judge yourself maybe turn on a movie that you like in the background maybe listen to an audiobook or a podcast and just talk to yourself sidebar if you're gonna to talk to yourself like a crazy person like I did it is best to not have anything on. Um, I started with Ruin and Rising on because I'm trying to get through the verse again and I just had to turn it off. I was very distracted by Nikolai existing, honestly. But it was great. It helped me kind of think things through. So don't be afraid if you're struggling with this POV to kind of talk it out either. The last thing is, do not be afraid to switch it up. Don't be afraid to say, this is not working. I need to start over. Just because you start with one POV doesn't mean that you have to stay married to it. You don't have to keep it just because you wrote the first couple pages in it. Sometimes you write a couple pages and you realize, I don't like this. And you're able to go back and change little things and it doesn't take too long. Sometimes you have written half a book and you realize, I hate this. So you have to go back and change everything. But you know what? If it is not working, it is not working. Do not stay married to the wrong point of view or the wrong anything when you're writing just because you've written with it so far. It's okay to change it. It's okay to stop, admit the error, and go back and fix it. Sometimes it takes writing a ton for us to realize this was wrong. If you've written before and you've written long things before, you know. Um, This often happens to me with characters specifically. I will think this specific arc or this specific kind of backstory moment. And I'll write with half of it with that in mind. And all of a sudden it will come up in conversation in the story. And it will be something completely different. And then I have to go back and change the thing I wrote originally. Because this new thing makes more sense. And <laughs> I like it better. But I couldn't think of it when I was brainstorming a month ago. That's fine. If this happens with point of view. That is fine as well. Go back and change it. Go back and fix it. It is not the end of the world. I promise you. In fact your book and your story will be better for it. This is the first piece of advice I give people when they feel like they're hitting a roadblock in their writing. Okay, what point of view are you using? Why don't you go back and try this point of view? Or look at this one. Or do something different. Change this. Because if you're early enough, it is the easiest thing to switch, and it will make it better. It's also just the easiest way to kind of reframe the whole thing in your head. What point of view is it going to be? And even if you're not sure it's going to work and you don't want to completely trash everything and start over, open a new Word doc. Look at your favorite scene, the one you like the most to write, and go, okay, I'm going to take this and I'm going to put it into a different point of view, depending on how distant that is, or how different in general it is from the point of view you are currently writing. That might not be too difficult. If It's too difficult, set it aside. <laughs> If you're like me, go and do another work in progress. Go work on another novel because you can't write just one thing. You have to work on like four or five. Go work on another thing. Leave that one. Leave Hand That Feeds. Go work on the story about Jack the Ripper. And then come back to that one when you feel better. (laughs) I think that's everything everything for point of view wow thank you guys so much for joining me i hope this last bit was helpful i hope the whole thing was helpful but i really hope this last bit was helpful uh and yeah i hope you try a new point of view in your writing i hope you at least understand your favorite point of view better and maybe uh it helps you kind of orient the story next time a little bit more. So for me personally, I learned more about distance and emotional distance and time distance, mainly emotional distance. I always kind of struggle with that. So it's helped me a little bit. Um, and I know thinking more about it and being more reflective of, okay, let's actually look at emotional distance and try to make this very detached. I know that will help more. The more I think about it, I just kind of go into auto mode when I start writing every morning. So when I have that in my head, it works. So I'm very happy that I was able to do this about you what did you learn what did you discover that you hadn't known before uh, let me know on instagram right first I think later or let me know via an email you can reach out at right at i hope you guys are doing wonderful hope you enjoyed our little excursion into point of view i hope you're having a great spooky season and i will talk at you next season i don't know what we're doing i think we'll probably do setting next terrifying. I don't want to do it, but we're gonna do it anyway. (laughs) Bye, y'all.